Yeah, that, you know, there, there's big transitions in your life. Um, for a lot of people, it's high school to college, uh, whether you're an athlete or not. Um, that, that's a huge transition point in your life. You gain a lot of responsibilities. You have a lot more freedom. Um, you uh, you kind of become an adult. You're kind of forced to grow up a little bit. Um, and I'd say the same thing about going from college to uh, professional running. All right, my name is Damian Warner. I'm Clayton Murphy. Javian Oliver. I'm Chris Nielsen. This is Fred Curley. I'm Justin Gatlin. I'm Katerina Stefanidi. I'm Michael Norman. I'm Ahmed. And I'm Raven Saunders. This is Tiana Daniels. I'm Darrell Hill. And this is Personal Podium. And this is Personal Podiums. This is Personal Podiums. And this is Personal Podiums. Personal Podiums is a podcast featuring the world's best athletes who spend their careers striving for the podium. We believe everyone can find inspiration in an athlete's journey. So we created a platform to amplify the stories that make them who they are. A virtual podium, if you will. We're your hosts. I'm Marielle Hall. I'm Jared Walker. And I'm Dan Fitzgerald. Do you remember freshman year? Perhaps your voice was still cracking. Maybe your pants look like high waters because of the growth spur over the summer. And let's not forget your summer reading. Did you do it? Probably not. But it's okay, because you know someone will have the spark notes. You're filled with many things, excitement, fear, uncertainty, confusion, and hormones too. A freshman is defined as a first year student at a university, college, or high school. Call it what you want, the first year of any new experience is a time of rapid transition. You learn a lot, you adapt, and in the best cases, you thrive. The Olympics don't have freshmen, technically, but if they did, they might look a lot like Grant Fisher and Chris Nilsson. Both were new professionals in 2020 and admit they would not have made the Tokyo Olympic team if the games were held on schedule. Afforded the opportunity of an additional training year due to the circumstances of the pandemic, each rose through the trials to represent the United States, Grant in the 5,000 and 10,000 meters, and Chris in the pole vault. A quick note about Chris and Grant. Since this episode is recorded, both athletes set American records in their respective disciplines. Chris Nilsson vaulted over 6.05 meters, that's 19 feet 10.5 inches. And Grant ran 12, 53, 73 over 5,000 indoors and 26, 33, 84 over 10,000 outdoors. So they're no longer just promising young athletes now, but the best America's ever produced. Later, we'll talk to a freshman who matches the classical definition, a young student athlete who's moving across the country to chase big dreams in New York City. I'm Chris Nielsen, and this is Personal Podiums. Uh, I think last year um, was kind of a down year, I think, for everyone, just because everything shut down and facilities were unavailable to athletes. So, um, and my job that I was working, I used to work at a coffee shop, but because of COVID, it got shut down, unfortunately. So I was out of a job. So we decided to take pole vaulting on as a full-time gig. And uh, I think actually focusing on just specifically pole vault and not, you know, you, you have work, you have school and all these other things. And I had just graduated. So pole vault was kind of the main focus. And that changed a lot. Um, the indoor season was really good. There were a few meets in there. I, I, I jumped, I tied my indoor personal best at a meet in France. And I was like, that's probably a good sign that the year is going to go well. Yeah. Um, and then the consistency continued on through the rest of the season. And I jumped over 19 feet or higher every single meet. So um, that was kind of when I think the pivotal, when, when, I think, uh, when I think things started to kind of change for me. 
I think I think if the trials in the Olympics had happened last year, I don't even think I would have made the team, let alone get a medal. So it's just a completely different training system and year. And yeah, a, a year can change more than you think. Yeah. I'm coming up on my 10th year of pole vaulting and I still haven't really mastered anything. I've just kind of learned how to run faster, run more efficiently with a pole in my hands. And I think maybe the thing I'm most proud of is just the amount of efficiency that I've improved over the last year and a half because uh, I'm one of the I'm one of the fastest running pole vaulters in the in the world but I'm one of the least efficient so I'm, technically I'm probably one of the worst but <laughs> I'm I'm fast enough and I'm strong enough that I can literally will myself over most bars um, so I think that the technical changes specifically with the takeoff like trying to bring as much speed and transfer the speed and energy into the pole that we've the progress that we've made over the last year, that's probably what I'm, I'm most proud of. Yeah. Actually becoming an efficient and technical vaulter rather than just big, strong, fast man. I've always been a, a, a chess, not checkers guy. So I like to think three steps ahead or 10 steps ahead just because I, I'm not really super worried about today when I'm 23 years old in, in Eugene, Oregon. I like to think about when I'm 30 in, in my house in South Dakota or wherever I end up. Yeah. So maybe think long-term rather than short-term and don't get too upset about the negative things that happen. Um, short term and I'm usually I'm I'm always I've always been a decently optimistic guy um just because I I hate being down like I don't like being upset I like I like being happy and I'm I'm, I'm most of the time I'm happy because I'm I'm optimistic like okay well today was bad but there's 30 there's 30 days in the month of August so <laughs> if one out of my 29 or one out of my 30 days is bad that means the other 29 have got to be good um so yeah Optimism, don't get mad over something you can't control, and I forgot the other one. Use a pole. <laughs> I'm Grant Fisher, this is Personal Podiums. Yeah, that, you know, there, there's big transitions in your life. Um, for a lot of people, it's high school to college, uh, whether you're an athlete or not. Um, that, that's a huge transition point in your life. You gain a lot of responsibilities, you have a lot more freedom. Um, you, uh, you kind of become an adult, you're kind of forced to grow up a little bit. Um, and I'd say the same thing about going from college to uh, professional running. I had to grow up a little bit. Um, I thought I was kind of a, an adult and knew what I was doing, but you know, you're thrust out in the real world. Um, I, I, was, I, I joined a very high power group um, with a, a coach with a lot of history of producing very good runners. And that was what attracted me to Bowerman. Um, but that also makes the transition a little hard. Uh, you know, I was, <laughs> I was coming out of college as a, you know, about a 1330 guy in the 5K. Um, I was the top guy on my team. And uh, the training was, it was hard, but it wasn't, it wasn't super intense, as I learned. Um, <laughs> I thought it was intense at the time. Man, I look back on my college training, I'm like, man, I thought that was so hard at the time. And we were working so hard, but really we were not working that hard relative to professionals. But yeah, you go to the next stage and, and you're back at the bottom of the toting pole, which is which is great. Like that was exactly what I was looking for, but uh, it's still hard. It's it's older guys in the sport, the vets, that, that really like show you that picture um, because they've been in the game for so long. Uh, Lopez, for example, we realized my first year that he had been a pro for more than half my life. Um, and so, uh, he's uh, 36 now um, and dropping me in workouts and stuff. So it's, uh, it's definitely humbling knowing you have guys like that just in your corner looking out for you. 
the first three camps I never could finish and I I'd I'd get dropped <laughs> and it it was a struggle I I mean we're up in the mountains for six to 12 months or 12 weeks sorry six to 12 weeks at a time and when you're getting dropped in every single workout it, it doesn't feel that good you know it's tough to keep going out there and giving it everything um when when the the trend is that you're not going to be able to do it um but eventually they clicked um those specific workouts they finally clicked all of a sudden and i went from not being able to do anything really to being able to do everything yeah. and it, it wasn't like a transition to that it wasn't like oh i could do one and then maybe not another it was all of a sudden like my body just adapted i guess and it took you know three camps it took a year and a half but yeah. when it when it finally happened i was like man this this feels so much better than <laughs> than getting dropped physically uh you know you you recover way quicker because you didn't just go all the way to the well and right. blow up mentally it feels way better um knowing that you can at least hang with your teammates um and so maybe you can hang with uh, you know other guys out there now um and uh yeah it, it it takes time looking at where i am now the athlete i am now and looking back one year ago exactly it is wild the the transition that i've made um you know a year ago i don't think I would have made an Olympic team if, if the pandemic hadn't happened and the Olympics were held in 2020. I, I genuinely don't think I would have made the team in either the five or the 10. Um, and so the pandemic, as horrible as it was and continues to be, it, it honestly benefited me quite a bit. Um, it gave me a whole year to, to adapt to the training, to um, not have the the timeline of getting in shape in time for the Olympic trials in 2020, um, to have a little bit of a longer term view, um, knowing that I had a full extra year. Um, it was very beneficial. I got really, really lucky there. Um, because yeah, I, I finished this year and I had the opportunity to race the Olympics in two events, um, compete with the best guys in the world. And if the Olympics were in 2020, I wouldn't have had that chance. Like I said, once it clicked, it clicked and, um, felt really, really good. And, you know, was running PRs in a lot of events and it was one of those feelings, um, where you just feel like hot, like everything you touch is like gold. Um, at least relative to where I was, you know, not, maybe not on the world stage, but, uh, for me, it was like, I'd race a 3k PR, I'd race a 5k PR, do a 10k, uh, without ever doing a 10k before PR. And, you know, those, those moments are so rare in the sport. Um, and it's hard to recognize them when they're happening with you. You like, you're just kind of riding the high. Um, and I've had that happen maybe one other time in my career when I was in college and you like chase after that feeling from, from then on. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's, that's the feeling that you chase, um, for good or bad. Um, because of COVID we broke off into these small groups. Um, the team kind of fragmented into these little sections and we never saw our coaches because of COVID. The only people I saw for maybe two months were uh, Mohamed and Lopez Lamont. That was a group I was assigned to. Um, and it was just the three of us. We meet at a track on Tuesday and Friday and again on long, for a long run on Sunday. Uh, and those were the only people I saw for about two months and I would get crushed every workout. <laughs> 
every single workout I was getting crushed. I was getting slapped around. I'd survive as long as I could. And then I, you know, there's a point where you just pop, you, you, you just can't hang anymore. And Mo is coming off of a world championship medal, sub 13 in the 5k, sub 27 in the 10k. Uh, Lopez is a very accomplished American distance runner, might have the biggest range of any American distance runner ever with his 800 up through 10k PRs. Um, and I'm like fresh out of college and I'm thrown in with these guys and, uh, yeah, I, I had a, a tough time, but, uh, those workouts, those, those days of grinding definitely set me up for a great 2021. Um, that was what I needed. I didn't see it at the time. I was kind of like, Jerry, are you sure you want me in with these guys? Like these guys are world-class and I'm kind of like transitioning. Um, and he's like, no, I, I want you in there with them and I want you to learn from them. So, um, that was what I did. And again, I never finished a workout with them, but, uh, the, the adaptations physically from those workouts, I think really started to shine in 2021 at no point in my career prior to that. To joining this team was I in the position where I was getting you know kicked in the workouts I was usually doing the kicking um, so it was a bit of a, a mental transition to just being like okay I'm I'm back at the bottom um, and it, honestly that's it, as as professionals progress through the, your, your career I feel like that's kind of how it should be you should challenge yourself um, and sometimes the only or the best way to challenge yourself is to like go in deep um, <laughs> maybe with people that are way better than you Now we're gonna to talk to Anaya Keenan. She's a high school senior who's about to move from suburban Northern California to New York City, where she'll study and compete at NYU. She's also editor and producer for our podcast. Hey, Anaya. Hey, Anaya. <laughs> Great to see you. Hi, it's lovely to be here. I am normally on the interviewing side of the desk or doing the editing. So I'm just excited to be here. I haven't been interviewed um, in a hot sec. That's not normally my forte. So I'm, I'm here and I'm ready. We like to believe here at Personal Podiums that once you interview with us, your life just takes off. So uh, super excited for the, your, your future journey that will exist after today. All right, Anaya, why NYU? I think NYU, why NYU for me was a combination of a lot of factors, but it was really where I saw an environment where I could pursue the journalism that I wanted to do in New York City. Um, it's a hub for a lot of things, but it's, also, it's a hub for a lot of stories. There's always something going on in New York City. There's like a million people there. So if I want to learn to be a really good storyteller, there's a lot of stories. Um, it was also a place where I could join a team that I would be really excited to run for in an environment that seemed really nurturing and supportive and that I thought I could thrive there. What are you most excited about? I think what I'm most excited about is to be around peers and teammates that are as excited about the same things as I am. Um, I think 
I I've loved I've loved high school. I felt very like loved and supported. Um, but I think in college, that opportunity to be in a journalism specific school, um, to be around teammates who have also chosen to run in college, to be around people that are as passionate as you are. Yeah, and I'm also excited to kind of be pushed out of the nest a little bit. Moving to New York City is like, it's big. And I've obviously never done something like this before, but I'm excited to see how that pushes me and changes me and kind of forces me to grow up a little. That's cool. I mean, you you do make a, a, a pointed distinction there that I think is is obvious, but one you might think of where high school, you, you get what you get, you get where you, the, the people around you, but in college, mm-hmm. you know, the choice of the university experience is a major part of it. So to be able to feel that, I think is, mm-hmm. is a great point. And, and you brought up um, the extending yourself and being pushed out of the nest type feeling. This is, this is a very big deal, obviously moving across the entire country uh, to its biggest city. Uh, it's, you know, the city that never sleeps. It's, it's a very big transition that might feel scary to some. Is there anything you're worried about in, in making that transition? My answer to what I'd be worried about kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm excited about. I feel kind of like how I feel before a race when like I know something big is about to happen and I can prepare and prepare and get myself in the best possible point beforehand. But at the end of the day, like you don't know what it's going to happen. I don't know what it's like to move across the country and live in New York City and be my own adult person. Um, and the unknowns, I think, are the nerve wracking part of it. But that's also where all the excitement comes from, too. I, I mention that a lot when I talk about sport, you know, like when I talk about racing, how um, nerves are energy. You know, and you, mm-hmm. you just, you know, through the course of training and racing, you learn how to apply that in an effective way. You know, so it's sounds like you've already got that coaching lesson down. I have to talk about that all the time. I'll just I can direct them your way now. Love that. Love that. Looking back, Anaya, what do you wish your high school freshman self knew? I think I wish my high school freshman self had known. I think that this is going to sound cliche, but trust yourself a little bit more, believe in yourself a little bit more. And I think give yourself a little bit more grace. I also, I think that there are things I wish I'd, I wish I'd figured that out a little bit sooner. Um, but the process is the process and I'm, I'm grateful for where I'm at. I love that. And to your point, that's, you know, that's a part of the process, really. Uh, I think we all can share or relate to, to what you just shared. And uh, knowing that, how, how do you think that can apply to you going into your freshman year? Good point. <laughs> um, hearing it, I, I think it definitely applies. I think often in points of transition, especially I think in between school years, you go up the ladder, then you go down the ladder, you go up the ladder, you go down the ladder. It has this feeling of complete reset. And I sometimes think I need to remind myself to, oh, no, no, we can take those lessons that we learned and like how to be like a good person and good to ourselves and good to others with us. We can take all those lessons with us. 
Um, and so I think that's something that I'm reminding myself of. Take them lessons, girl. Take them lessons. <laughs> I'm meeting myself to just say <laughs> we had no parts in raising you or like nurturing you in this world, but man, I feel proud of you and just excited for you. And the mindset that you have right now sounds really powerful and steady and just a reminder for me uh, and then how I can, you know, just learning from everyone around me and on how to approach new beginnings and, um, and challenges. But if you have any more words of wisdom for the people about, about how you're approaching your first year of college, how you're approaching a new beginning, we would love to hear it. We're taking notes. You're leading us. So let us know. <laughs> Thank you, Marielle. That, that means a lot. I would describe my mindset going into this transition, kind of like taking it one step at a time, but I feel like I'm stealing from <laughs> the athletes that we listened to, but they were making me think about it, but only focusing on the things that I can control and trying to lean into the joy of things being new, the joy of um, a transition of the unknown. I actually, I read Alexi Pappas. I read her book, Bravey, and she talks about her mindset for planning, which was don't plan more than a year in advance. And I think that's kind of the mindset that I am currently subscribing to, which is I, there's a lot of unknowns with freshman year of college, moving to a completely new place. And I think right now I'm choosing to kind of take things one step at a time, control what I can control, put my best foot forward, but kind of keep that perspective of rolling with the punches. <laughs> no I like that I feel like figuring things out is the fun part like that's when you're active you're in the game as they say mm -hmm. if you've got it all figured out you're not in it anymore so you're in it um so is there someone or something that influenced you to move to New York attend NYU um can you maybe tell us about that person or that thing if you if you know it over there on my wall there's a poster of Ocasio-Cortez um, and I followed her election campaign very closely the first time she ran. And I remember being just blown away by her just as what we would call like a regular person doing something unprecedented and very influential. And I remember thinking like, that would be such an interesting place to be, to see people like that. And those people exist everywhere, um, but it is definitely a city where you see a lot of that happening all the time. Um, so I think that's my why I wanted to come to New York. Um, NYU specifically, I could trace my decision of like why NYU back to, I'm pulling up my notes, an article that I read in the Washington Square News by Emily Deathlefts. She was a contributing writer and an 
student at the Tandon School of Engineering, and she ran on the cross country team. And in her article, she talks about balancing the student athlete life at NYU while pursuing these really ambitious academic goals. And she's really honest about the struggle between those two identities and how it like really is hard. It really is work. But at the end of her article, she talks about how much it paid off and how grateful she is and how much she thinks it's pushed her as a person. And she really does end the article on this point of like gratitude for it. And to see someone at NYU in, in a completely different school than I would be attending, engineering is beyond me, but doing something pretty close to what I would like to do and succeeding through something really hard um, was very comforting and very inspiring. So I think, I mean, I'll never meet her, but she's definitely a big reason why I went, I wanted to go there. I like that. I feel like just the, I, I like your perspective on feeling the energy of New York in these people and what it brought out of them and wanting to test what it can bring out of you. Like, I think that's a really daring perspective and just, yeah, obviously you're a go-getter. So I'm excited to see what the New York energy does to you. Like Jarek said, hopefully you still talk to us. Hopefully you were still cool enough for you, but we'll see. You could become, you could become a whole new beast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys so much for having me on. It's very fun to talk to y'all. Yes, we're so glad you can join us from behind the scenes and yeah, just share your perspective on, um, on new beginnings and transitions and college major milestones. So I'm going to be excited to follow your, your journey and we're going to make sure to you know, link all of your stories. We'll be, we'll be stalking you. So don't forget about us. Yes. Excited, excited for your growth, Anaya. It's going to be special. Embrace every single moment of it. And you already have the right kind of outlook and mindset um, that will allow you to really appreciate, you know, all the new experiences that you'll have. We're about to jump into the last part of the show where Dan eloquently reads the credits uh i know you really like that part and so what i'm gonna ask you to do is just stay a little bit longer after the credits because we got something nice for you all right cool personal podiums is hosted by marielle hall Jarek walker and me dan fitzgerald special thanks to nike running for giving us access to grant fisher and chris nilson ahead of the prefontaine classic in 2021 Also, thank you, Anaya Keenan, for all of your talents behind the scenes as producer, editor, extraordinaire, and thank you for getting in front of the mic for this special episode. Music provided by Blue Dot Sessions. I'm so touched. (laughs) (laughs) This is where Dan is going to be all right, and then we just drift off. Dan, say something positive, please. (laughs) Kids are going to be all right. That even sounded like you weren't sure. (laughs) (laughs) This is the blooper for the end.